This meeting is being recorded. Oh, yeah, that's a good DP. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are sans Lucha today. He has quite the headache. So uh, it's just me and Crouton ripping it up NFT style. Miss you, Lucha. Yeah, I had chat GPT write him a luchador lullaby uh, before we hopped on here. So it came out pretty good. I liked it. I thought it was really catchy. Now, the only thing I didn't get from that is, you know, what was that going to be sung to? We had the, the lyrics, but we don't have the, you know, what was that going to be sang to? Like, what was the, what was that going to be beat? I, I didn't even get that far. I should ask them to put a melody behind it or something. Like, is chat GPT there yet? Or is that a different AI model? It could be an updated, upgraded version. We'll have to, uh, we'll put, we'll put our best men on this. And then we'll, uh, we'll get the, the Drake voice filter and, you know, sing it and have, it'll be Drake singing the lullaby. Well, maybe that Luchador lullaby could become the theme song for the pod. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. We're going to get our AI bots working on this. Uh, Taterbot, looking at you. <laughs> So let's get things kicked off with a little recap from NYC. We, uh, you know, we tried to put you out in the field. We had some technical difficulties out there. We got a little uh, cut in there to to say hi to everyone, and it was great. And it looked like you guys had a blast. But let's uh, walk me through, you know, arriving to when you guys were getting wild. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Sorry again for the difficulties connecting. The phone didn't didn't really want to didn't want to cooperate. So. It was great though. We had a wonderful time. First of all, the studio is absolutely incredible. Really, really cool space. It's beautiful. Uh, really spacious, exposed brick. It's wonderful. I think he's really going to be very happy there. Got there pretty early in the morning. Retro and Razor showed up early. Wombat helped us set up as well. So we were uh, busy, busy getting getting ready for uh, for all the guests that would be arriving very soon. Then people started to started to roll in, and that's when we really started to have some fun. Got the got the little paint brushes out. Kitch, I'm telling you, they're even smaller than you might you know imagine, and even more impossible to wield than you'd anticipate. I'm imagining like five little hairs. You know, it looks like a troll's head. <laughs> they're small. They're really small, and you know, I don't have any, and I'm sure no one does either. No one has any experience painting with gouache. I imagine he was having just a hell of a time watching us absolutely destroy these these canvases that he'd made. Uh, so the way that worked is he had a big box of them, and you you stick your hand in there and grab one, pull it out, and that that was what you had. So I know he didn't didn't want uh, works in progress to be shared, but I did uh, I did send send you and Luch shot there of the uh, boy. I'm not sure we could call it a piece. Uh, I'm not sure it's it's a piece of art. It's, it's a piece of something. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a little shout out to Crouton the cat. Yeah, it. she's. Uh, we'll see what we'll see what he does. He can roll that turd in glitter. I imagine he's awfully talented. Uh, so that's the he... plan. Huh? Did, were any of the pieces already like uh, canvassed out, or they were all just blank baseball cards that you could go crazy on? So they they were. Uh... I'd say they had, he gave us a bit of a starting point. So what he did was he painted, you know, NFT NYC on, on the corner, uh, depending on the, the, the year of the card or the orientation and whatnot. Um, he worked, you know, some sort of kind of signifier there that it was from NFT NYC. And then 
that was it. Then you were off to the races. You were sent to a, a high top table to uh, work away at it. And I'd say I did a fair bit of procrastinating. Needed to have about half a dozen beers before I had the courage to pick up the paintbrush. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure it helped. I think I think it's a bit like bowling, right? Where you know there's a there's an optimum level of drunk for being for bowling, right? The, if you drink too much, that's really bad for your game. Let's oh. pause here at 426. I'm going to put them on uh, speaker. Hey, threes, you're on speaker with me and Crouton on yeah. live on the yeah. pod. You want to? Okay. Oh, perfect. All right. We'll send you the link. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. So I thought I could be all cool and use an old link and just show up. But it wouldn't it wouldn't bring me in. Our devs said no to the old link. We got to use new links. Very <laughs> secure. <laughs> A lot of security going on over here. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, what are you guys talking about? We were just talking you, about you NYC. Yeah. You didn't oh. miss much. So here's where we are. So Crouton is letting us know that he was about six beers deep before he got his courage to pick up his paintbrush and begin yeah. painting. We were relating this to bowling, as in there's a sweet spot of how many drinks you have before you're really good at what you're doing there. Yeah. So we'll roll from fine line, right? You know, if you have too many drinks, you're fucked. You're terrible. But if you don't have enough, you're also terrible. So there's this really, at least in my experience with bowling, there's a really peak level. Somewhere around the second game, I really hit my stride, and then it's you know it falls off precipitously. You know. You... God, I can't speak to any of this stuff. I don't do anything drunk. I, I don't. I don't know how to do anything except get ladies. That's it. Um, which I only know how to do. Drunk. But <laughs> there was look, uh, Crouton. I buzzed Studio Crouton was surprising. I was not. I didn't expect. I yeah yeah. Crouton got a little uh, a little excited to be at the, at the Studio Grotto. It was great. Of course, I was excited to be there. That wouldn't have happened with. Uh, I didn't need. I didn't need a buzz for that. Though. No, I know, but you were sort of floating around, buzzing around. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, um, it was. Look, I. I know I put everybody in a weird spot by just being like, "Go paint," right? No. Some people just fucking did it. Just like, all right, here you go, threes. Like it was time. That was great. It was. It was a ton of fun. I was just. Yeah, I really, I was, I was not actually nervous about it. I was just you know, having a fun time. Yeah, like it, it's just, yeah, no, I got, I got it. But at the same it was, time, it was I mean, great. It's even when I sit down to paint, like I, I admire that people did anything during those hours because, fuck, if I were in that spot, if I went to a fucking party and they're like, "Here, go paint this shit," I said, "Get the fuck out of here! How do I leave?" <laughs> I think Radro could have had a PED for me that would have made me paint that whole fucking studio. <laughs> he had a bit of a painter's block. Ron on the head helped him out a bit. Yes, Ratro didn't actually get his painting really going until late, like 10 hours in. Like and Saturday. Finally, finally found the move, muse, yeah. Well, you know, it's like a writer's block, you know, it just kind of happens, right? Didn't speak to him. So we had these people come in. You already have the cards ready to go with NFT NYC stuff, you know, border ready, canvas prepared. Yeah. People do their own painting. They leave them with you to what do finishing touches on. I'm guessing this will become 
some sort of collection in the future. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's it's going to be more of the finishing touches. Um, the way I'm going to handle all these is uh, the way I do when I pick up a, a blank card, right? I pick up a blank card and then I go with it. Now the blank card I'm picking up is already going to have some stuff on it, but then I'm going to go with it. I like that. Um, I, I think uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know. I really haven't spent much time with them. I did uh, on Monday. So I gave it like two or three days. And then I, I gave it like sort of a, a little walkthrough. What I was doing is just making sure that I had forms from everybody that they met, the numbers matched, you know, like, because each, each one was numbered uh, and then forms were filled out. So um, I just need to make sure where I stood on all that. So I kind of went through some of them. But I didn't, I didn't, I purposely didn't like sit with them. But there's, I mean, the variety of what I have to work with goes from three minutes of scrawl into like flushed out paintings. Like some people took hours and like made paintings. Other people were like, there you go. I think I saw a picture of Empress Trash holding hers up and that looked pretty detailed. She made a painting. Yeah. 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 I, I, FOMOs. I like FOMOs. Ooh. Ooh, nah. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, I'm, a, I'm on a podcast. Okay, bye. <laughs> a lot of phone calls in this pod today. I'm excited about this. That's why I did it, right? Why not? Oh, shit. Sorry, bye, she said. With her, <laughs> with her little accent there. That's that. I, I thought maybe she was going to join in. We'll send her the link. Let's go. <laughs> it's like a chain phone call podcast. Anyone who calls, anyone who calls in the next hour is getting on. <laughs> we, we got my mom on here. We got. <laughs> well, hose will be host, so we couldn't blame Tammy. <laughs> no, that's a little inside joke from earlier today, huh? Doxing my mom's name. Uh-oh. <laughs> little Wayne lyrics. <laughs> well, hey. If Wayne's singing about her, then I'm singing about her. You know, you can't blame her. Can't blame her. Runner-up, first runner-up in the hot mom contest in the grotto. Yeah, I know you don't listen to this pod anymore, but we've brought this up that we need to do a yeah. second round. And I said, dads. I said, I said we need to have hot dads. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> grotto deals. Um, I might win. Well, my dad's dead. Oh, well, you don't have to use a current picture. Oh, hot dead dead. You don't have to um, use a current picture. You can pick a picture. Oh, with breaking news. Breaking news. All looking good now, says Jolie. Stop. <laughs> breaking news. Okay, well, we'll think about that. But no, um, We have that on the docket for a little later in the pod. Let's wrap up NYC. So... You thanked everyone for participating in your art project. Got them a lot of tacos. You got them liquored up. What was the after party like? The after party was was we just continued. It wasn't. We just here's the thing. I shut tacos down at three thirty. So there's, you had three hours to get your tacos in. And some sons of bitches were still going and getting tacos on their own dime at seven, eight, nine o'clock. After you had paid six hundred dollars a taco. I paid six hundred dollars per taco, and then. These guys are down there, you know, buying them for four dollars or whatever. But 
we just stayed. We just stayed and stayed and stayed. Uh, we had Blue Orgy uh, come back for round two. I had, to, I had to send Blue Orgy home. NFT NYC nearly broke Blue Orgy. There was, there was a time when I was a, a, a goofball where I stayed up for 96 hours straight to see if I could do it, which is I do not recommend. That's some Navy and, SEAL shit. Yeah, yeah. And and I did it and my I, like teammates and they would uh, I was like, you have to keep me up. At one point, they were just cowboy beat down, kicking me in the ribs as I was lying on the ground, crying, begging to sleep. OK, Blue Orgy was 30 minutes away from that. Okay, Blue Orgy was was so he. Oh my! I don't know if Blue Orgy slept before the the, the grotto uh, party, and then he came in and he was so out of it. And I just had to go. Blue, you gotta go home. So he goes home, goes to his hotel, takes a couple hour nap, and he comes back, baby, and he's fucking ready. And he's got Muse, and Muse is like, "Let's fucking paint." This is like at eight p.m. We've been we've been in the we've been in this thing for nine hours, and Muse is like. All right, it's like the scene in, in The Hustler where they've been playing for 36 hours and then Jackie Gleason uh, washes his hand, puts his tie up, puts on some talcum powder. It's like, let's play pool. That's what it was like. The fucking blue orange and Natasha bouncing back. And then because there was so much powder up in the air, Ratro woke up <laughs> and he was ready to go. And so Ratro then started painting. So painting went on until like 11.30. And Razor slept through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wakes up. Then Razor wakes up and he's like, let's go eat. Come on. Let's go get some sushi. Let's go do this. Come on. And I was like, yeah, you're rested. Uh, I actually bowed out. And then the, the, the grotto, which at that point was uh, Razor, Ronomac, and Ratro, and Blue Orgy and Natasha, and Kells, I think that's it. They all got in a car. And I, and I was Not like, to be seen again. I'll, I'll meet up with you guys later i was there's no way in hell i was gonna meet him so um so yeah that's how it ended who was a bigger liability blue or mark's tequila uh, i told him how am i going to hire accident lawyers that I test to sue you <laughs> mark is he I, I feel i'm very happy that, that that didn't happen but it was so close to happening it would have altered History. I mean, not just this would have changed everything. In a sense, it for did people that don't things. know what what happened. We were all. I just sent security home. I had security watching the paintings, not allowing people near them with drinks. Okay, for five hours, and then we're like, okay, it's just pure grotto now. Security, you can go home. I had security at the door downstairs, and then I had security. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, looking out the window. Uh, I had uh, security uh, at the door and and then uh, here at the table. When they left, we were just standing around talking about paintings, and Mark got really animated, excited, and flung his arms up in the air, and he had a full tequila soda or whatever in his hand. And it went splashing up in the air and then came down about six inches to the side of the fucking table where Series 2 was was displayed and it went all over the floor and it was literally six inches from hitting series two and 18 inches from, from VPO one. And it would have been, yeah. that would have been it. That would have been it. Like that would have been at least NFT on NFT crime though. Right. You know, he's, 
he plays for the NFTs. Well, it just, to me, the first thing I thought is, oh my God, Mark's infiltrated us. He's protesting the pipeline. <laughs> and I was waiting for him to, to super glue his face to, you know, uh, the three Z's <laughs> Thanksgiving parade. <laughs> He's got the old lady duct tape to the wall. <laughs> so, um, but it was not an active protest. Uh, it was it was a mistake, and he dodged the bullet, and he was so mortified and scared, and and like, and and it, he's alive. That's all I got to say. I don't know that he would have been. I don't know how this. It would have changed everything. I would have had the lawyers and insurance, and I mean, I do have like the studio insured for when my paintings are here, which is not always. I don't keep them here, so everybody knows I don't keep the paintings here. Um, but I actually have them. I, I, the week before I took out a very big policy on, on having events and having my, my stuff on property. And so I, you know, it would have been crazy though, because the, the tequila would have just evaporated the paintings. This isn't like, they can't go in like they could with fucking removing Campbell's soup from shit, you know, like on acrylic or oil where they actually can go in and sort of, this would be over, it'd be over. It's just done. The painting would be gone. Gouache is water soluble, I would imagine. Yes, it is. Also, tequila soluble. <laughs> tequila soluble. <laughs> so yeah, it was a brush with danger. We had a we had some some dramatic moments throughout the the from beginning to end. Mark having to be in the center of a lot of them. Great comedies, great tragedies. Yeah, Sorry, Mark, I missed it. I gotta Mark, go next time. Mark, we laughed. Mark a rabble rouser. He was, he was uh, getting into fights with, with the, the real estate lady that came from upstairs. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He's, he's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, Kitch. <clears throat> we had people crossing the country. And I'm a two-hour train ride away. Two-hour train ride. And you're like, yeah, I'll catch you next time. <laughs> Makes you feel any better. I threw my back out on Saturday trying to do some yard work, so... No, no, that doesn't actually. That doesn't do anything for me. Damn. There's a there's a lesson there, kids. You know, if you were in New York painting, you wouldn't have been doing that yard work. It wouldn't have. Oh, I would have been hung the fuck over on Saturday. I wouldn't have touched a rake. See, you know, it's living. You learn. Yeah, it's your best. It's in your best interest to come to these things for your health and well being. Now, I am better off than some people who were in New York and still decided not to come or to even say hi. I, I mean, there are a lot of people that were in New York. Uh, it's a big city. There's a lot of people who live here and visit here. Um, I, think I, could, I didn't expect everybody to come. Um, as far as I know, everybody who's in the grotto as of right now who was in New York that day, came by so there has been a removal and we were going to touch on this as hey, what is it what does it mean to be a part of this project right so you you talked about this on lfg i don't know if you want to bring it up on the podcast we had planned to talk about it because it is important that show respect why are we here why are you here in this project not you in particular but you the listener why are you here you know so is there anything you want to address 
uh, I don't want to get into it anymore because it's it's gone. It's water under the bridge, right? But I just I just would hope that if you're <clears throat> collecting my work, and particularly if you're if you're trying to buy my work on primary, and I, I, I reserve primary uh, for this wonderful culture that we have, this wonderful group of friends, the Grotto, right? Um, I would hope that you would would live through those tenets that we have of, of treating people with respect and, and not fucking anybody over and and uh, not being bigger than the project, you know? And so, so I would just put it out there once again. I mean, I do expect if you're going to be um, collecting and trading this stuff from primary, welcome to do whatever you want. I don't care if you, if you go by secondary, you can go do whatever. But if you want to be in a position where I'll allow you the, the gift of buying my primary, I expect that we're in good, good standing. And if we're not, I'd like to hear about it. If you got some uh, issue or, or anything, then we should talk. Uh, not a hard but, guy to get in touch with. Uh, for the time being, no. Oh, time being, some... no. These are the sorts of things that make me go, wow, here I am. I'm so accessible and I'm so available to everybody. And then people still decide to handle it differently. Maybe I don't need to be accessible. Maybe I can be somebody that doesn't talk to anybody and just let it all go. I don't know. It's the sort of thing, right, where I have to really analyze what I got going on and, and, and how this whole project works. I mean, if we, we've we got those sorts of, of issues, um, maybe I got to look at it differently. Well, what do you think you're going to learn from our quiz taking for the spring training event? Do you think that we are all paying attention to what we need to be paying attention to and are deserving of continuing to speak with you if we need to? Uh, I would not want to tie the results of the quiz <laughs> to any sort of access or anything. Hand up. I haven't seen my results yet. I think I did okay, but I also would not want to tie that to access to, to you in any way. I believe you answered 48 of the 50. I know I missed the last question. I read the last question as my time expired. And I was like, motherfucker. I believe you answered 48. How many do you think you got right, Kitch? Oh, God. Do you have numbers in front of you? I know your number. How, how, how many do you think you got right? If I answered 48, I got at least, I would say, 44 of them, right? Whoa, he's calling a shot 44 of 48. That's fucking tremendous. That's a good score. That's I mean, I think score. I did pretty good. You got 46 and 48. Let's fucking, fucking go. You crushed that. it. And the two you nice got kids. wrong, the two you got wrong, I'm not going to hold it against you. I went back and thought about it. I know I missed one about like what, which one series four. And because I was doing, I have them in my head a different way because series one is different. And I think yeah. I missed it by one because I slid it one way or the other. You missed, you missed the series question. You did. You had, you had it off on one of them. And then I yet another that that I'm not giving you. Okay, yellow yellow insert utility. I said three P. You answered the letter the number three and the letter P. Now, I was moving alone, quick. You weren't alone in going in that in that direction. Okay, but that's that doesn't mean anything. That's, that's yeah. 
But that's it. That's, you do very, very well. Very well. Kids. Yeah. Crouton went 50 for 50. Which I <laughs> no did. fucking way! <laughs> fucking astounding. I couldn't believe it. That's yeah. awesome, man. Congrats. Could not believe it. Even Thank Dino you. Dino got two wrong. Hey. Yeah. Which ones did he get wrong? I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was um uh he said he was rushing by that point. I talked to him yeah. last night. Um he said he was rushing. I think he said I think he got Craig Lefferts on the wrong team, I yeah. think. And oh, I know what it was. And it's funny because he he answered 30 franchises to come. Right? He's putting you to work, man. <laughs> he's got plans for after you die. He like argued back. He argued back. He's like, well, I understand that you're You've said 24, but I believe there will be expansion over the years. <laughs> so. He was fishing for half credit, and that's why we love him. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was uh, a lot of people. Look, I heard a lot of chirping about, oh, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to put my wallet in. It's a fucking form. What do you? How did you think you weren't going to have to put your wallet in? Well, oh, if you're paying attention, you, you took all that time away. Because I had to type in my wallet. You see the time at the top. You gave us six minutes. It's really five minutes to do the quiz if you read. So you have a minute to put in your information. Yeah. I bet I bet that yellow insert utility question will be the most frequently missed one. Uh, yeah, it's up there, I think. Um, there were, I would think that's the hardest. There... It's hard because I can't tell if people are skipping stuff because they don't know the answer, right? Um, but there certainly, I I knew that there were going to be people who didn't know where people play. They don't know the names of the paintings. They don't know who these people are. I, that's that's a given. I knew that, and so there are there are some where it's like there's a lot of wrong answers. So, Kitch, what were you expecting the quiz to look like? I don't, I don't know what I had in mind I, I, at all. I, what were you thinking it was going to be? What were you thinking he was going to ask? I did have in mind of, like, who does this uh, person play for? Like, which team? That's one that I knew would be on there. I didn't expect as much about the, is this a base, an insert, or a team event? I know we had some thoughts on that, so I'll let you roll on that aspect of it. Yeah. So, Clarice, I'm happy you're here. We'll get to ask the man himself. I felt, and Kitsch, Kitsch agreed, that you were trying to make a very specific point during the quiz. Well, I mean, a couple of them. But one of the points that we felt you were trying to make was you asked a lot of questions about team event cards and identifying whether that's an insert, a base card, or an event token. And I feel like there might be something you're trying to remind the grotto. Uh, yeah, I think that's safe to say. I also, I wanted to get a sense. I want, I mean, by calling it an event token, right? I was really, that was supposed, that was like the red herring situation, right? Where I wanted to lure people into that. Not that many people, let me put it this way. I, I agree that I was, I wanted to, I wanted to talk to it. A lot of people answered that they were base cards. Good. A lot of people. 
And I don't think they fucking know that. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they don't behave like they do. They're not priced like they understand that. Okay? There's a major discount on them to this day um, that leads me to believe that people don't believe that. I think when I show it to them like that, okay, um, only like three or four people answered event tokens to like each one of them. I haven't gone through, because all I did was I just kind of uh, checked how the right number, you know, so I just went through and, and, and checked right and wrong. Right, so I just grouped them by that to get feeling how many people and stuff. But I have no idea who was answering what, except I specifically went in and looked at a few people. Um, I think, I think people may have learned that they were base cards yesterday. They knew they weren't inserts. They were smart enough to go. It's not an event token. So I guess it's a base. I guess it's a base, but the amount of people that answered base, knowing that, I'm like, you don't fucking know that. Well, you know, that's good now. Point. Well, yeah. and and you know, what if I told you that you could buy a series two for 499 Tez, a series two base? What if I told you that? Right. And what if I told you that's been sitting there for quite some time? And if you don't know what card I'm talking about, well, yeah, it's a team yeah. event card. Series it's two. a base card. We just. Four. Five. All at, at major discounts to their counterparts. Major discounts. And have been forever. I just scooped at Stan Thomas for 333 like a week ago. Yeah. A series three card. Criminal. Yeah. That was a tough question, too. I bet that threw people off was like, series three has how many cards in it? And I bet people were like, ah, I don't fucking know. Nine, so, maybe. So because so what I did there. You notice I gave nine and ten as as correct answers um, because you know there's no semantics involved in this. I took nine and ten as correct answers because the two stands, right? Okay. Um, I actually stayed away from how many subspace there are because I just didn't want to. Well, you know, actually, I didn't want to get into that, right? Um, but if people are not as good at knowing how many are out in any given series. Those those were some pretty varied answers. For the most Recently, part, it's been easy. The ones that don't have team event cards to go along with them are pretty much 15, you know, like most people understand those. I think it's just, so that's just eight and nine that are like that. The other ones have a varying amount based on how long they were originally and then how many team event cards were added on to the end. So you just had to be up to date on that stuff. Right, because if you go, you know, if you look what the award card is, if you don't understand that a team event card is a base card and therefore part of that series, you might think that logically then the award card is the last card in the series. But you know, that's not, not the case with, you know, as we start to layer on these team event cards, that's, I think that probably triggered a lot of people up. Yeah, no, there's no doubt, no doubt. And so, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting how this is why I want to do it. I want to do it one just to get you thinking and also to go, wait, why are you in this thing? If you don't know this stuff, and I'm not saying that you have to be able to rattle off all the stats and everything, but if you're not, if you're not aware of these things, you're either brand new, welcome, perfect, great. You're going to have a lot of fun and get to know all this cool stuff. Okay. Or 
you really don't give a fuck. And then it becomes the question, why are you here? And there, you know, we're sort of in a moment of compression here. We're sort of in a moment of distillation again. We go through these, these uh, phases, right? Where we open up, let a lot of people in, and we squeeze shitty people out and get tighter. And we go through these fluctuations. I think it's healthy. I think it's very healthy. I think it's very healthy. I think heading into this season, this is going to be the most important season we've ever had. Wow. In fact, going back to the to the series two, you know, series two, series three, this is going to be so important um, for really establishing, solidifying the importance of this project in the broader NFT community, in the the broader art world. Okay, um, it's important. And I don't feel that we should allow this very important season to be handed out to assholes. And the whole grotto should feel that way. And, and like, we should enforce that together, right? Where it's like, if you see people acting shittily in the bleachers or whatever, it's kind of like you kind of stand up for that stuff. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's enforcing, but it's, it's having a conversation of just, you know, I think that I would imagine, I don't know, but imagine it's what you guys are kind of doing with the pot, right? Right. Um, I don't want it to be like a police state where you're watching, everybody's watching for somebody to say something dumb. God. You know no, I mean? dumb is, dumb is. Welcome. You would be on fucking death row. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I am, you know, give me my last meal, my diet Dr. Pepper and a fucking Nohales taco. And I, th- I think it's maybe a tolerance for the kinds and maybe a better way of saying it is what is it that we as the grotto tolerate as, quote, participating? I think that's an interesting conversation. I, I agree. It's where, you know, if you're someone who fills out Google Forms, doesn't attend LFGs, doesn't spend time with the collection, doesn't listen to the pod, doesn't spend time hanging out in, in bleachers or grotto, doesn't see the need to buy inserts, but is very comfortable you know, purchasing other artists' projects. Are you really a part of the grotto? Is that participating? I don't consider it, but I know that a lot of people in the grotto do. I guess, you know, Maybe that's a that's an interesting conversation. It's it's a a tough one. This is one that I you know am, am leaning into avoiding more and more, which is why I kind of stepped away from from this sort of thing, because then it just comes down as me. Oh, cantankerous old threes uh, wanted that, but I feel very much. I, I, I've been most of my art in the last uh, six months or so has really been speaking to to the idea of. You know, are you on the team or not? Right. What are your reasons? What are your reasons for being here? Um, I feel that we have a wonderful, wonderful thing here, which is really amazing. Anybody that's ever come to an IRL knows this, right? Um, anybody who looks at their wallet against every other digital asset they've probably come across in the last two years can see that. Um, anybody who explains this to people outside of the grotto, outside of NFTs, 
okay? And gets the sorts of reactions from normies, from outsiders, okay? Go try to explain your other NFT footprint to somebody outside. They don't want you, it's not gonna happen. Go explain to them that you hang out in this wacky alternate baseball universe and they're gonna say, tell me more. What is this? Why explain that? What on God's earth is that, right? As a result, I do think that it's it's something to protect. And it's about protecting, uh, you know, the, the sort of privilege that's granted to people in Milgrado. And it goes well beyond. The, the, the days of just, it's early, things evolve. Yes, in the past, you could just fucking fill in a form. Even then, I didn't like it. Even then, the rest of the grotto resented it. Okay, but I think we've 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 sort of grandfathered in some people in ways that I don't think they help the project. I don't think they help everybody around them, and um, I don't know that they that we're in a spot where they should continue to just take. I think we saw that in the first season of the franchise era, right? We were kind of focused on recruiting uh, large holders that have been around for a while. And it turns out the more enthusiastic people who are brand new that have shit in their wallets are more eager to learn about this stuff and want to actually participate. It's kind of flipped recruiting on its head. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, I want to hop in here before I turn back to threes, but you, know, you, you and I haven't even had this conversation, so we're having it here for the first time. Yeah, you know, I love, I love, I absolutely think it's incredible, the idea of a quiz, right? Because how fun is that, first of all? No no wallet, no holder utility is going to bail you out. You either know it or you don't. And it was it was time constricted, so you were not able to open book test this thing. You know it or you don't. And your spend has absolutely no impact on it. It doesn't matter. You could have zero cards and get a perfect score. Or, you know, you could have biggest wallet in the game and have a really poor score it's really it doesn't cost anything to spend time with the collection studying it enjoying it participating with it in your own way um and you know you you talked about you know some people may have not done well on the quiz and you know i was having this chat with someone privately where to me you know i'm less concerned with you did and more concerned with what is it you're going to do with that information right so let's say you did poorly i don't view that as i mean i'm, I'm not going to celebrate that but perhaps it's a wake-up call perhaps it demonstrates and illuminates areas that you know maybe you didn't realize that it's you didn't have that understanding or perhaps overestimated what you thought you knew and you know, my question and follow-up would be, you know, what is it you do with that information? Where do you go from here with that? If you did poorly, you know, don't don't beat yourself up about it. I would encourage you to just pull up object when you're standing in line waiting for lunch or something and search cat moms and just look at those. When you have a few minutes, then go look at gourds. Go look at subs. You know, just spend some time looking at 
looking at the pieces, look at the collections, look how they interact and coexist. I, I think I think you're spot on there in that. And I, I don't know if people are going to expect me to shame the people that, that didn't get it. You know, and granted, we got some people who have been here since day one. Don't know anything. Well, guess what? You can be rest. And I'm not going to hold back. But quite honestly, it, 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 we're going to be asking this question a bunch. I've been doing it subtly, I think. But why are you here? Right? Um, and I think that's what this the quiz really should result in, in us saying, like, uh, don't you want to know this stuff? Don't you enjoy it? Don't you? It should make your life, it should enrich your life in some way by seeing the way some of this fits together, who these these characters are that I painted and, and where we're headed with it and why. And, and, and <laughs> it's one of those things where not really sure that the overall grotto understands that we we're we're here we're just barely scratched the surface uh we've got so much coming okay to learn about this whole universe that i've created um don't you want to know the part that we know so far figure it out and and, and see how the next bit that comes fits in with that so I, I hope it I hope it, it motivates. I hope it does. Um, I you know we'll see. Um, Beyond the narrative aspect too, though, there's other things that this could clue you in on. And I think Crouton and I had mentioned it maybe before we started recording. But it, I mean, you brought it up earlier too about like the team event cards. It, it brings awareness that like oh these are undervalued. They are base cards like. And these disconnects are there because you just maybe don't understand what these cards are, what they represent, what the utility of them are. But a lot of things are underpriced based on what they are and what they represent comparatively to other seasons. Right. That was one thing I wanted to talk about, too, where, you know, I wanted to talk about some of the secondary activity we saw this week as it relates to base cards that got bought. Nez went on a little buying spree. Pop two series two cards, I believe, right? Yep, a Mad Dog Jones and a Blake Catherine. And FOMO mentioned it in the bleachers. He said, those series twos are really underpriced. And he's absolutely correct. He's absolutely correct. And one thing that Kitch and I were talking about was how, at least as I think about pricing, I think of them as relative to one another, right? So when I see a run on subs or extas or Cardinale, in my opinion, there should be a corresponding effect on the prices of other series as it relates to, if you think that a Cardinale is worth 300 Pez, then series two shouldn't be worth a thousand. Right. I I think a lot of people don't really think about or contextualize it they look at things very much in a vacuum. And I'd encourage people to look at things more holistically and understanding that, look, we know, there are a lot of things that we know about the project. We know that utility compounds every third season. So you can do a little bit of thinking about, you know, what a series two is relative to a series seven, for example. There's a relative value there. And I think there's dislocations in price 
that aren't really recognized. And I'm talking completely irrespective of team event cards, which you know we've covered. People seem to disrespect those perpetually. Um, that's a, it's a separate conversation. I mean, there's an interesting kind of disconnect between value and the absolute number of dollars that something is worth, right? So like series twos are the most expensive, but in my opinion, they're actually the best relative value today. What do you think, Bruce? I think you're spot on. I think if you look at, you know, I don't know when the last time you guys walked through compounding utility, right? But if you look at the probability of your name coming up in the draws for season 10, okay? The chance of it being somebody holding a series two uh, becomes heavily, heavily weighted, right? And so it, when you're looking at it again, if you're looking at it for, for the potential sort of yield, the return that it can grant you via holder utility, okay? Um, it's remarkably stronger than the stuff that we're, I feel like people are very comfortable right now paying 200 to $300 for base cards, right? And those are base cards uh, with no compounded utility on them. Sevens, eights, nines, right? Then they start to shy away as you go higher than that, okay? Even though it literally goes up in 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 grand and drastic fashion. Uh, right. Well, with the multiplicative effect of you know compounding utility, if you essentially look at it as a gosh, a, a unit of holder utility essentially, and you divide that by the cost, are two hundred Tez Series nines cheaper? Well. Depends on if you're looking in absolute terms or relative ones. And I think that's, you know, that's the conversation you are having right now where something could be more expensive than something else and still be a much better value. And I think that there are times, like you said, where people, there's, there'll be a run on Cardinale and I'm surprised there isn't a corresponding effect on, say, subs or cat moms. I don't know. Kit, have you... Yeah, so like season 10 coming up, what does an NFT, a Series 2, what does that translate to for holder utility for that card this time around? I don't have my sliding scale in front of me, but that's like having four cards, right? Yeah, it's it's you're getting 4X on the wheel. Yeah. You're getting four, four entries on every holder yeah. wheel. So you or, can imagine whatever you spent on that card, too. you're getting for four too. basically for that card during season. Yeah, right. So four elephant men equals one series two in series 10. Correct. And the longer we play this, the more compounding utility it gets. So the earlier you get them, the more utility you're going to get out of them. Exactly. This is, this is why older cards are more expensive. Not because they're more rare necessarily, though they are. Right? All threesomes have future utility. When you think of it from that perspective, these older cards are more expensive. One, as a function of who has them, they're pretty locked up. Or they're in dead wallets, people who have fallen off the face of the earth. But additionally, 
as it relates to series 10, one series two is equivalent to four series seven, eights, and nines. And to your comment about relativity, they are underpriced compared to newer series because of what they can do in season. Yeah. Right. So despite the fact that they're objectively in, in absolute terms more expensive, they are relatively less this expensive. Is, this yes. is one of those those subtleties, nuances to, to the way that, that this project is built to be collected, right? That I think is lost on most new people coming in. And um, really it, it, you need the bulk of our players at this point have only gone through season nine right and a whole plethora of people who have not seen a season right but you but you they haven't seen early on it was a little easier to to see the progression right because you had a bunch of seasons sort of condensed at the, at the beginning right yeah i think i did um, four through seven in like what less than six months we pumped those out Right. And then, and that allowed you to go, Oh, now I'm getting double entries. Now I see what this is. Right. Um, it's that thing when, when, when people are coming in, oftentimes you'll, you'll, they'll, they'll want to know what they should be buying to make a wallet. And they'll, if you, if you, if you ask that question in the bleachers, the different responses you'll get, uh, it's sort of funny to me, right? In a sense, they're all right. Okay, uh, which is either just buy bulk inserts. Don't even worry about anything, just buy your bulk inserts. Okay, take any money you're gonna spend on secondary, buy bulk inserts. Not horribly wrong, but the payoff for that is considerably down the road. Okay, you're, you're, because the pieces you're gonna get, you do that, yes, you're gonna get some season tens. You're going to have to wait, okay, until season 14 to get your first compounded utility holders plus, right? Now, granted, you could trade and you could do that. So it's going to give you some, some stuff. The next, the next one is, well, you're going to want some holder utility. So go buy a bunch of cheap base cards. Okay? Depends on how you define cheap, right? It depends, depends exactly how you define cheap. Um, in which case, same exact result, you just are like one step, two steps ahead. Then if you just went into that. Now, the final one, of course, being go buy the older stuff. There are times where this is where you start really looking at your your values and your prices. Okay. Thousand Tez for Blake, eleven hundred and thirty-three for, for Mad Dog pennies compared to the value that you get on them, right? You're 4Xing your slots at a gate, right? Um, not, to, not to mention, okay, you're adding on to that by having something that is coveted, that tells the early story of the project, that speaks narratively to something very important to me and this well known. It's still it's still the series that people want to see when they meet me. That's the one that they they want to see dot pigeon. They want to see fuck render. They love the reference to 888 on fuck render's jersey, right? They love the little things in there. They get a kick out of them. Okay. We'll see how long that goes on. 
but it, right now they're still the marquee holder. Well, and they, in some respect, they always will be from from many perspectives, right? I mean, it's, and I don't just mean it's the first. I mean, if you spend some time doing some math, and I'm not going to spell it out for you guys, if you spend some time determining the number of times series can compound, there's quite there's something quite unique about series too. Yeah. Oh, Do your own research. No question. I mean, well, it's very simple in that it's already reached maturity, okay? And it was the first to reach maturity other than series ones, right? And if yeah. you want to hear more about like what you should buy as a person with a certain budget, we covered that in I think episode 55 with a question from Ron Mac. You know, he gave us, you know, a couple of uh, starting points of how much Tez to be had. And I think Crouton, Luch, and myself gave some pointers on like what we would buy with that amount of money. So, right. Well, and, and what it comes down to, all three of those approaches actually should be in play together. Right. I mean, uh, you, you need to have some of all of that. And, and don't forget that, you know, there are only so many of the earlier pieces. And so there are times when even against compounding of that early stuff that having the matching pieces, you know, a later 009 or, or what have you is going to, it comes into play. Right. And so they're all built. This is, this thing is not built to solely make series twos the greatest thing of all. Right. Um, but there's, there's parts of it that, that when they're there at prices like they are right now. Exactly. The price cool. dictates that they should be bought. Right. People could come in and sweep, at which point you go looking at it and go, actually, you know, subs and, and X's are going to deliver the best against what the price is. If, if, if price went up to say, I don't know, 7,500 for series two, you're going to start looking at that. Okay. Well, how, what sort of return can I get in series four, five, six? Well, so I have a lot of conversations with people, mostly NFTs, in our in my DMs, where they'll often ask me, you know, what should I buy now? And to me, you know, that always requires a bit of homework because it's not static. I very much view it as a living, breathing organism, and you need to understand the series and the pieces relative to one another, both from a series perspective as well as a number perspective. And you know, not all 006s are created equal. And look, we know that there is never a, a wheel for chase cards. You earn chases. You don't hit on a wheel for a chase card. And we also know that many of the series are numbered differently. So what is a chase card in one series is not necessarily a chase in another. And are you, you speaking to edition sizes? That's what you're, you're sort of referring to? I'm speaking to, you know, an 001 versus an 006, for example, whereas there are some series where, uh, you know, for, for every series, an 001 is a base card. But there are series where an 006 is a base card, and there are series where an 006 is a chase card. Right. So I don't really think that all 006s, I mean, no card is equal to one another ever. But even amongst 006s, you have to think about 
at least I spend time thinking about the relative availability of them, given that summer chases, summer bases. In my experience, chases are a hell of a lot harder to shake loose, as well they should be. But that should have a corresponding effect on 006 bases, if you feel that way. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And that's, you know, these are, are some of the intricacies. I, I appreciate, you know, Crouton walking everybody through them that, that I'm very proud that I've built into this, right? This is, this is some of the stuff that I, I love most about laying this out and planning it out um, is it should, look, the game of baseball, the thing that, that drew me to it was that I read about it first, right? There's a, there's a lot of philosophical and analytical and intellectual approach to the game of baseball. It's what, it's what charged me and turned out I ended up being good at it too, physically. A little bit of money involved in that too. Luckily. But, but what, it, what it comes down to is it, it is just much more robust than it appears. Okay. Not just a stick and a ball. Yeah. And this is not just paintings and baseball cards. <laughs> this is no different. I agree. And we right. know you we were actually pretty uh, drawn to it because of the green grass that you were missing so much in your childhood. Oh, 100%. 100%. The pastoral uh, approach, you know. You, 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 but, but that's the thing. It's, it was, it's all of those things. And so I wanted to create a project that's all of those things. Okay? I want this to be the sort of project where the analytical mind is drawn to it. I want the artistic mind to be drawn to it. I want the philosophical mind to be drawn to it. Ethical mind, okay? Economical mind. I love all of those things. And I really do think you hit on all of those that you just mentioned. I hope so. That's what I fucking set out to do, right? I mean, it's that's, that's the thing. It, this is the culmination of all of the things that I've been good at in my life individually. And it turns out when you're good at a thing, a lot of people are good at a thing, okay? And that, that usually is what you end up kind of doing with your life is that thing. It sort of drives you good at something, then you, you know, it's easier to do and that's how you make your living or it's how you meet your friends or whatever the fuck it is, right? I had a lot of those independently. And I could, was only so happy in life when they were independent. And it took this, this is where, this is this whole thing. It's, it's me being good at a lot of different things over life and then bringing them all together and becoming a, a, a combined singular focus, okay? That I get to share with everybody. Um, and it, like I said, it should draw in all of those different elements, which is why when I say, why are you here, okay, I want people to be able to say it. I don't think most even still let themselves answer that, right? But when I say those things, it's not a, it's not a, sometimes it comes out of frustration, yes, okay? But I, there's nothing better than asking a question out of frustration and getting an answer that takes the frustration away. And so when I say, why are you here? If you can say, because economically, 
it fucking clicks. Then fucking, all right, man, cool, right? Whatever of the parts of it that make you want to be here, then, then, then let's embrace it and let's do that thing, okay? Let's be true to that thing. Let's understand how that plays out, okay? There are ways for you to have wild economic success here that don't involve other elements of it and maybe you're not grotto material and you can still enjoy your economic gains, right? But if you actually are economically driven for this project, you should actually want to be involved and want other people to be involved because you want the motherfucker to grow. So that's where I, that's where I was like, you know, oh really? Are you here for the economics of it? Then fucking participate and fucking show up at IRLs and fucking be cool to everybody. It's a Chinese finger trap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. I don't really, isn't that, just, that's, I only know that from Chasing Amy. That's where it's a girl in the middle. Right. <laughs> I'll have to send you some uh, some literature on that. Uh, <laughs> I know your childhood you missed out on some things out there. Uh, you know, I guess maybe maybe that is a Chinese finger trap. I was thinking of something else. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe I need to do some homework. <laughs> Three's heard about oh, Paris and was like Eiffel Tower. I've heard of that before. Well, and now. Ne- Three is we're gonna have to cut this out because now Tater next week is gonna ask us what a Chinese finger trap is. <laughs> the thing is, we can now discuss it with Tater. Okay. That's this is, yeah, unfortunately, it's Ariana's the one we gotta worry about. Okay. Well, When's his birthday? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't even have a fucking swipe, so who cares? There you go. Figure it <laughs> out. <laughs> so the frog in the room. Wanna talk to about him a little bit? Sure, I think. What a, so, what a kitchen, well, kitchen I will talk about it a little bit first, and then why don't you hop in? How's that? Okay. Hop right. in. I like it. Yeah, there you go. He sees what I was doing. So there's a meme coin out there called Pepe that I guess it just blew right past me. I knew nothing about this until it was announced. We're dropping on every chain, every fucking chain that exists. Well, this and is we're still Ethereum. Yeah. It's still Ethereum. It's not a new chain. It's a theory. I'm just getting paid differently. But we saw an art piece that is a 3Z that is green, and he is a Pepe frog. And there's 420 references on there, and a little pack reference with the ash in there. And we're pumped to buy them. And I think it cost about, what, is it 11 million something Pepe, right? 101 million. 333,420. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, first, I love the art. Awesome. That's fantastic. I'm glad. I'm glad everybody loves it. Yeah. So we're, we're looking forward to our opportunity here. I imagine that will come soon. But, you know, you spoke obliquely to it being a gateway into other chains. Which is exciting, um, and not I was, not asking I you. I was surprised. I was surprised that I said it that way. Okay. And immediately, I, was it was it Rodemack or was it Tater that said it? But so somebody immediately got that I was by my announcing this is the gateway that I was referring to marijuana. Four, yeah, four twenty. Well, yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, I we learned that it is in some way a gateway to mints on other chains, whether that's Bitcoin or or Tez, ETH, obviously. You know, could be anything in the future too. So yeah, Kitch and I are we're excited. Well, why, don't we love why don't you guys discuss it a little bit? And, yeah. and then I'm here to clarify things. I mean, my theory is that this is a chance to bring two communities together that seem like they have common interest and, you know, meme coins, Pepe crowd, the grotto, you know, it's all laughs, fun, trying to bridge those communities together and bring in some people who might be interested in the larger project. Um you know, it seems like a lot of people that were on top of Pepe quickly are the people that are like ingrained in the the broader NFT community. And those people might be interested in what you're doing, along with some of the counterparty people, because I think this is also touched on the Bitcoin crowd a little bit. Right. Um, that's how I majorly saw this was like an opportunity to bridge those communities together and possibly get some new people, new blood into the grotto that's excited about people dropping nfts on meme chains at this point just like i'm gonna try to be the first nft over here doing this thing so that was my major thought on it yeah i, I mean it's uh it's a complicated one now i you know i i, I had it scheduled i had it you know it's funny i said it in the in the grotto last night or in the bleachers you guys are sort of spoiled now by the way we forms people can't understand that like i was thinking about it after i said it even the broader fucking group of people that buy and trade and collect quote-unquote nfts they don't they, they can't imagine it right where we have a lot of people who want these. We have, you know, limited amounts of them. We, we, you know, and yet you can't cheat it and you can't get around it and you can't fuck it up and you can't destroy it for other people. And you can't, you know, it, it's the right way. I mean, I, it, it really feels this way. Anytime we have to go use any other. Well, I think I'll let like Crouton talk to this part, but it's also a learning opportunity for a lot of people on like how to swap shit and like use well, crypto yeah. because we're, you know, with you, we oh, fill out a yeah. form, we send you some Tez, you handle all the gas, you know, like people were confused about, Oh shit, I need ETH for gas, but I'm also buying this in Pepe. And like, you know, that, yeah, that was what kitchen. I were talking about before we went, we went live here. I was talking to, I was speaking to how you, you referred to this as a, it's an educational process, right? for people to learn about what's happening necessarily outside of their everyday. And we all fall into routines. And if you just collect threesomes or if you just collect on Tez, you might not know what's existing elsewhere. You know, there's also, I think you're probably saying something. I, I, I don't speculate on how the cards will be used. I can't possibly predict that. Um, but I think you know, there's an interesting corollary there. I think what you're trying to say about a shitcoin on some level that it's extremely volatile and you know what is something worth something you've had this conversation previously where you mentioned that theoretically people could buy this in pepe and 
off-boarding ETH. And in a way that there's only so many dollars that exist in a liquidity pool for something, whether that's, you know, Pepe or Tez or threesomes. And I think maybe there's something you're trying to say there as it relates to how to value things as well as understanding where not everyone can slam, you know, can rush to the exit at the same time. And if everyone, you spoke to it yesterday a bit, you know, obliquely when you said, if everyone tried to sell all of their Pepe in this exact moment, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. That's not how it works. It's not how these things work. And I wonder if there's not something there where you're, there's a lesson. There's a lesson there in all things. It's not just Pepe, right? If everyone tried to sell all of their Ethereum, there would be an effect. If everyone tried to sell all of their three penny, there would be ramifications to that. If everyone tried to sell all of their threesomes, there would be ramifications to that. Um, and I think perhaps there's an education there uh, for folks to understand that as well as how. If, if, you're, if you're treating these assets, these digital crypto assets as stores of currency, stores of value, stores, stores of um, monetary power, whatever, okay? Um, you're in a situation, and this goes for any security or commodity or whatever. It doesn't matter. Your your car, okay, is a store of value, right? Your the fucking canister of flour in your pantry is a store of value in a sense, right? Most of the the stored value in this space that we're in, this crypto space, uh, as much as I believe in it. Okay, there's a better uh, ultimate system than than the traditional. Okay, it's it's a constant balancing act. From the beginning, as I looked towards converting my paintings into stores of value, I wanted to explore what it is that drives successful economy. Okay, and that is the idea of a future. Right, that's the idea of, of of prolonged value. Right, so this is the idea of future utility. All threesomes always have future utility, okay. which increases their stored value. It, it should. It should. If it works, if you do it well, and everybody understands that, okay, it should. Because if tomorrow half of the grotto is not necessarily in a financial position to ride all of this out into the sunset, okay? Or of the, the dedication or devotion to the project or me, right? If half of the grotto tomorrow decided they, they want out and want to get, get out as quickly as possible, prices would go extremely low as that happened, okay? But to those of us who believe that a threesomes is, is is storing value, okay, with a prolonged view of it, okay, that wouldn't, that would not be the end of the world, right? In fact, it may be beneficial <laughs> if you wanted more stored value there. But the, the duration that I'm trying to build in, this idea of, 
you know, getting us to understand this project is going to take a while, right? And all of these things are going to have their value and it's going to go on and go on and hopefully it goes on beyond my death and it goes, you know, hopefully this is a, a true economy around this whole project that continues and continues and continues. I'm very aware of this. Believe me, having just spent a week mainly talking to artists who are not aware of value whatsoever, it reminds me how few people in this space even think about it, okay? But it's from the day I minted DP, from, from the days before I minted DP on O1, I was thinking about how this maintains and grows its value. But what's necessary to do that on my part and on the community's part, what understandings have to come, we have to come to to get there, right? I don't think that the bulk of this crypto community truly is thinking beyond today or tomorrow, okay? But Whether it's sick as fuck, though. It is sick as fuck. Well, that's the thing, right? And that's and that's this, the point with Pepe, okay? This is something that is today eight days old, okay? In eight days, it went from $4,000 to 185900000 million right now okay it was as high as 200 million it's an impossibility to maintain unless you have people creating something with some sort of longevity and some sort of prolonged return out of it and that's where i come in okay by saying here's another example of something where perhaps your devotion and interest and conviction in what we do in the grotto is enough for you to see that I can provide you with that store of value against this new element, this new Pepe coin, right? If Pepe coin were to go to $10 billion, okay, theoretically, the three systems attached to it okay, should hold very well against that, okay? If it were to go to zero, which is more likely, then it should completely outperform all of that. Right? I think that's, that speaks to the symbiotic nature of so much of what this space is that I think isn't really fully acknowledged or captured or maybe even understood by people. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not a part of that. I, just yesterday, I was trying to have, I was trying to start this conversation in a very big spaces with a lot of people in the Pepe community there. And they couldn't even hear it. Right? They, they couldn't even hear it. It didn't fit in. It wasn't in their language. It, it did. The, there was a different language. Well, there's such, I mean, there's such rubes. They were mischaracterizing it as shilling. I'm not biased, but that also wasn't what you were doing. Um, it was actually so, the contextual opposite. Of, it was the antithesis of that. I what agree. I was, what I was trying to explain was that this is all a shill, so you need to start thinking of practical applications. Right. Yeah, but you know, we take for granted Grotto in, in what you're able to explore with your art conceptually these people just day trade shit coins and 
what yeah, PFP projects? I mean, well, it is I mean, sick as fuck. Here's that's, the thing. That's all just, I know. Just, because we could go, we could do this for hours and hours. I will say this. Um, there is a place for those people in three solutions. Not in not the grotto, in, but in, in but in, yeah, I agree. Could, right. Not in the grotto. Right. Not by my primary. Yeah. They can but speculate all they like. There's a there's a lot of money to be made here on the speculative side. Um, which is another reason that I wanted to to take the thing at the moment, put my touch on it, and let people get a sense of, oh wow, look. <laughs> Look how this works over here. Look what this is. Um, the grotto will be forever under my protection. But I have a major interest in the speculative side, getting a, an idea of who we are. Okay, that's the two 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 elements of that. One being the the crypto flipper NFT bro side of things. And the other being the the fine art speculator. Okay. Both very separate, very different, but I think both will eventually find their home here, right? And it's it's built for that while we maintain who we are and keep keep ourselves safe. I would also like to grab the demographic of degenerate gambler so they can start buying oranges on secondary to bet on our in-season games at the Ratro Sportsbook. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm going to have to find the... Uh, island nation that allows me not only to not be extradited for for my crimes against uh, <clears throat> the, that one government agency, but uh, but also that allows me to run the sports book. It's legal in a bunch of states now. I don't even think you have to go out of the country. <laughs> it's not for, the, for the sports book, yeah. So the other thing, though, yeah, yeah, you're probably, yeah. You're probably <laughs> have to leave. Yeah, well, you know, one more thing I want to talk about, though, I think, you know, as I think about what you were trying to communicate yesterday, you know, as the grotto was figuring out, you know, how, how much Pepe do I need to buy to buy these? And, you know, you're dealing in a shitcoin that is extremely volatile. In fact, you know, over the past 24 hours, it is, I think, down 30 percent. That's the nature of a shitcoin. I'm not suggesting Tez is a shitcoin, but what I am trying to say is that as the value of the coin you're denominating, whatever it is you're pricing your asset in, changes. So too should your pricing, right? So for example, there was a time where Tez was 70 cents. There was a time where Tez was $5. And, you know, how is it that you think, yeah, this is a, this question is posed to the grotto, not you two questions, you know, individually, but, you know, how is it that you value the things that you have? And I think if you're just thinking about it as one Tez equals one Tez, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I don't think that's really the right way to, to think about it. Um, given that we've seen Tez bounce, I don't know, what, 40, 50% in the past, I don't know, six, seven weeks. Is that right? Oh, well, it's now crashed that other 40%. It's at a dollar today. Okay. So you know, that, that speaks to, I see, I saw, or 
maybe I'm, I'm imagining something where there isn't, but you know, teaching the grotto to, you know, get some exposure to this shit coin and protecting them by offering future utility on anything they buy with it. But watching that thing bounce around like a basketball. Yep. And then, you know, you contrast that with, you know, hey, you've got, you know, a wonderful collection of threesomes and you throw a Tez price on it and then list it for six months. Meanwhile, Tez bounces around, not quite like Pepe, but it's pretty wild as well. You know, how is it that you should really be thinking about that stuff? And does it really make sense for you to just list things at arbitrary numbers when, you know, the, the coin that you're denominating these in is not static? It moves and it moves considerably. So I'm not we, ran sure into, that... we ran into that a lot with people assigning sort of a, a, a number value of Tez. Of Tez. But, it, but, it, but, but really, it, I don't think they, they were thinking of the Tez aspect of it. They were just thinking you think they were denominating it to fiat, but back when Tez no, was $4. They were just going 200 <laughs> that, that sounds day. about right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Because there was a time where we were sort of on the move towards, let's just say for, for exits, 200, 200. Okay. Well, we were at that move when Tez was $5, right? And then we sort of moved towards it and we finally got there when Tez was $1.50. Okay. And people were like, oh, wow, we hit 200. And then they were like, I can't believe that sold for 600, which is less than, than the trajectory was on. Okay. When it was $5. And, and people just got the number, the round numbers really do a disservice to the grotto. You guys sort of miss yourself if you wanted to be trading. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you wanted to be moving in and out of threesomes in and out and and you can make a lot of money okay playing the value the hard, yeah the on the spread of essentially yeah of, of of what tez to fiat right absolutely okay because it turns out that the grotto is so into this magical number it's almost like the grotto index okay of going 200 400 600 800 regardless of anything so they're tez maxis one Tez equals one Tez. And, you know, I think that's, that's you know, we've had, I mean, we have had many all-time high sales, right? Of course, I'm not suggesting you haven't, and recently. But I think a lot of times people conflate all-time highs with, quote, the highest Tez sale recorded. Those aren't necessarily the same thing because yeah, there, there I mean, I, I know, there are many, many examples of cards that have sold for considerably more a year ago when the project was far less developed, far less successful, far less of a sure thing, at least from my perspective. Um, you know, buying now, it's a much more known quantity and there are actually discounts that still exist. I don't even mean relative to one another. I mean, in absolute terms of if you onboard X number of dollars, you can buy same card as someone who bought it, you know, 18 months ago. Uh, well, not 12 months ago, let's say. Um, 
And I think that people people get lost in that at times. What we don't want to see is Tez go to $2 and people put their NFTs at a 500 Tez price. Like that doesn't make sense either. We don't need to be cutting them in half as Tez goes up either. Right, which is what I'm, which is exactly, and, that, and we don't. See, this is the thing. This is actually what the grower doesn't do, which happens in other projects, you know? Um, but they don't do it because they, they know that it's actually a remarkable store of value, regardless to where the, the rest of the market may be, may be moving, right? And so, but the thing is, then they, they, they just don't unhook themselves from that at the, at the opportune moments. And that's what I think Crouton's sort of pointing to, and I'm, I'm seeing here, absolutely. You, it's a good way to approach things, but you need to be agile on both ends of it. And there's a lot of buying yeah. opportunity that I think goes, goes undone. But listen, I'm gonna bounce, and I'll let you guys do your wrap up because I just want to make it very clear. Okay, we didn't really talk to this. Neither of you knew that I was doing this. And I wanted to just sneak into the link and I thought it would be fun just to drop in. Um, but, you know, this is, this is completely unscripted, unrehearsed, unexpected. I just wanted to come in. I miss it. I miss everybody. I miss this pod. Um, and, and so that's all this was. Uh, and I don't want to be a bother, and, and you know I like to talk, so I'll. And I'll oh, yeah, not this, a bother. Truly, this was a surprise, but also a huge pleasure. So thank you for uh, for doing it. It was really fun. I uh, no, thanks, kitchen, thanks kitchen for having. I will. Um, God, now I got to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with this drop. So. <laughs> well, and and Luch was sick today, and I know he's going to miss you. That you know he wasn't here for the first time. He came back to the pod. I knew that. Here's the thing. I, I. I texted both of you earlier in the day at the same time. Crouton responded first. So I already knew. So then I just made a bullshit to talk to you about Kitch. I mean, I'm talking about Lil Wayne. Um, but I wanted to know what time you were doing this. And I thought I could just sneak into the fucking link, which would have been awesome. But, um, but, but yeah, I, I, I knew that. So, so I'd said, hey, are you guys doing the pod today? And he told me yes, but Luch is going to be sick. And so... Uh, I'm sad that I missed Luch too. It was would have been even more fun. But I just wanted to be on. I just. Well, how do you? I, I'm really happy you did. So thank you for doing it. Come back no, anytime on your own pod. For doing it as well. All right. I'll catch you both later. And and okay. Threes has already mentioned we'll get the Pepe when we need the Pepe. We've already locked in prices. We'll figure the drop out yeah, later. Doesn't, doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, look. I will say this one thing. Okay. Uh, it's it's cheaper now. The, the price has not changed in Pepe, okay? But it's around uh, twenty dollars today. Right, just like, you will be whoa. getting less money. No, no, don't, yeah. I'm just saying that if you if you've thought about it and you wanted to buy more than you were going to do, you're getting them at a, at a discount against what you would have bought them yesterday. Very true. I'm out. Thanks, guys. Good job. Bye, threes. All that right. was a great surprise. Loved having him. How how cool was that? Yeah, and also uh, we did have a uh, a wager on the table. When would be the first time that he would come back to his own pod? And uh, I believe the line was set at two and a half weeks. He nailed the over. I think well, it's closer to five or six. Is that right? He did. That was like a a nice tight line that was put there. I think I did the under and missed it. Um, I think you won. I think you got it. Well, you know, feels good. Thank you. Um, I haven't, I haven't prepared an acceptance or a speech for this, but uh, I'll put some time into it. I'll think about it for next week.
Well, this one's been running pretty long. We do have one yeah. question from our listener, uh, Dan Williams Art. Thanks for uh, submitting your question there and giving us some nice feedback. Uh, his question's around uh, looking for some more info on the generative threes pieces. I'm guessing he's talking about threesies here and how to obtain those. Um, they're on ETH. So check on OpenSea, search for threesies. You'll find them. If you search for threesomes, you'll find them. Uh, go back and listen to episodes uh, 10 and 11 of the pod. They'll explain it really well. Um, but just in general, um, you know, basically those were painted based on the hash when you minted those. It kind of tells threes what to paint on that card. And, you know, it's various traits from cards that existed up until that point. Um, you know, there's two sets at this point. One was dropped on OpenSea, one was dropped on Nifty Gateway. I think you can see them all on OpenSea, but two different timelines there. The second ones haven't released yet. I mean, not They haven't revealed yet, sorry. Um, so those traits, you know, if there's, we can talk about the background color there because that's one that you had asked about, but, you know, you can burn off certain traits and those traits, Threes has mentioned a couple of times about what specifically they do. I don't think we'll have to really go into that, but you burn a trade off and that allows you to paint at a discount or whatever that future utility is for that specific trait. And you can burn off every trait on that 3Z um, or you can leave it intact. It's all up to you. You play it how you want, but Kruta, any additional info on that? Well, yeah, well, we got to at least cover that, you know, you could choose to burn the NFT and claim a physical too. That's one exciting potentiality for you with with the three Zs. The only way to get a physical piece uh, of his is to elect to burn the NFT uh, during a, a very specific time window. Don't just don't just YOLO it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He will announce when this is to occur. The fun yeah. thing about this as well is I think there's going to be nine drops and that'll be a total of 900, I think. And then there's a chase. If you have like all nine, then you can get the 10th one. Um, there's 100 per drop, right? 33 mm -hmm. are reserved, whitelisted for 33 members in the grotto. And then there's 30. The 30 are, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's a second 33 that is uh, raffled off for whitelisting, right? And that those are usually different ways he does how to earn those whitelist spots. And then an additional 33 that are auctioned off. You know, I think they're starting at like what an ETH usually uh, or they well, start at zero. It, I don't know. No, no, I mean, so for the uh for for series two, I believe they started at fifteen hundred. Um and you know, then it is dictated by what people do with it. Um, yeah. So and then I guess uh, there's one per series that he holds over as like a, a giveaway. But that's also determined by whatever he has built out for that event. Yeah. So there's uh, lots of ways to get involved. But you know, I think an interesting part that I know we've discussed previously is that, you know, as you think about subsequent later series of these things, you know, imagine six years from now competing for there's only 100 of these that are going to be available. Imagine the size of our community. And that's why I think the that yearbook the NFT yearbook purchase Razor made was extremely shrewd. Uh, and that came with really, one, he's whitelisted for every single drop, right? Oh, he's in. Yeah. yeah he, he, that, that counts as one. Yeah. He's, he's got that. He can, he can do, he's got a couple of options he can do with that. So he's, he's in uh, a really enviable spot there. 
And if he can track down a, a series one, maybe he has one already. I don't want to speak, but he'd be the first and only person who could say with certainty that they have one of all, one of all of them. Yeah. Uh, and that's a huge accomplishment because these are like the crown jewel of the project. Right. Because even, even 33s, they would need to maintain their, their 33 role. Yeah. From now until uh, years. You know, from forever. Now. Yeah. yeah. And, and, or, and before that's over. And, you know, as we've seen, there is, there is, that is something that, you know, is, is up for review once a year. So. And, and right um, now that's like 10% of the grotto, the active grotto over time, yeah. that's going to become like the 1%. You know what I mean? Like 100%. yeah. Tougher and no tougher. Doubt. No doubt. So I think, yeah, I think we've mostly answered that. Um, so yeah, good question, Dan. Thank you. Yeah. And I think this is one hell of an episode. Glad to have the creator back in the pod chair. Um, I have nothing. You want to send them off? You know what to say. Thank you all for participating in our pod project. And Luch, feel better. Look forward to seeing you next week. Yes, we'll sing the lullaby next week. <laughs>